What's up? What's up, everybody? Late night, as usual. My mind is popping. Um, believing in yourself, right? You know, you hear that all the time. You gotta believe. You gotta believe in yourself. You gotta love yourself. Very strong. Uh, takes a long time to get to, but really believe in yourself, because believing in yourself is gonna give you the power to have confidence to exercise and put into action things you want to do. But what I want to talk about is like. As human beings, I mean, you really, at the end of the day, and, and the notion that you should try to come is that you can't expect or have the expectations on one another. You, you really can't because we're all we're all fighting our own battles. We're all living our own life. I don't care what your relationship status is. I don't care. You want to say family, blood, loyalty. Whatever you think that you're tied tight with another human being, that is all subject to fail and mistakes and disconnections in all aspects. Why? Because we're human beings and there's going to be moments that we need to act on uh, our own internal stuff that pushes us through our desires and choices. It's the downline. You don't got to listen to me. That's my, that's my reality. It's the, it's the truth to a certain degree. It's my own truth. So, in believing yourself is an iconic point that we should head to regardless every day. Learn to love yourself. Learn to look in the mirror, not just to clean your face. Learn to look in the mirror to appreciate your God-given vehicle and your time on this earth to put the work in. But, when you do find individuals in this world that believe in you and when i say believe in you that they're supporting you 100 percent they're consistent with the feedback they're consistent with uh, just diehard support you know they're riding with you they accept you the errors they see you for who you are man you 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 feel it it's not easy to say yo i believe in you dog i mean by believing you you're great people can say that all day but people that believe in you really don't say too much sometimes their actions are just inconsistently in line with parallels in your life, things that you went through, they're there. They're just there. It's a sense that you get, you know, this person believes in me. And knowing that can empower you so much. When you know that people really like are, are, are believing in you as the individual and, and, and believe in a cause, they believe in a movement, they believe in, in, a, in, a, in a change advocacy that you're pushing and they see it, but they don't depend on it. They don't, they don't, you're not their God. Uh, you're not their wish maker. You're not their like uh, chosen one. They just believe in, in your DNA. They believe in who you are. And that thing is deep. And when you, when, when you find somebody and people around you that can express that internal spirit of connectionness to you and know that they believe in you and, and, and they see you fail, they see you fall, and their belief in you is that they believe that you have the strength to get out of whatever circumstances you get yourself into. They're not judging you. They just believe that sh- things happen to all of us in different walks of life. Greatness happens to us. Success happens to us. But the people that stand by you and believe in you, they don't believe in you just when you're doing good things. They believe in you when you're going through your tough times. They believe that you have coping skills to pull out of stuff. They believe in the, in the, in the God-given future that you have the power to live and be great. You know what I'm saying? It's a different thing. And when you come in contact with that type of energy, it's a positive pressure in you to Keep honest with yourself and hold yourself in line because you know that there's people out there that really appreciate you 
but not appreciate you because you're doing things for them, but appreciate your DNA. They would appreciate the inner you that they felt from you. And you know what? There's nothing in this world, no circumstances, no events, uh, no media, no gossip, no side talk, no backtracking that, that's going to stray them from the connection that they have with you. And that connection runs so deep and, and a higher level that is beyond uh, uh, facial impressions, uh, initial engagements, or past history. They just believe in who you are, man. They support that. And when you have that, it's on fire. And in the next... The next conversation that I'm gonna have, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna let you know a true story about somebody that really believed in me and how I knew that they believed in me. All right, all right. So here's a here's the connecting uh, story that goes with uh, believe in me conversation I just had. I mean, if you haven't got familiar with the the extent of my messages, my pods, and my history and my episodes, you need to check out what motivates me. So all of you guys who have listened to that, you'll know that I did some time. I did I did a long time when I was a kid. And I did about 10 years in prison at the age of 17 for a, a robbery. And moving on to the story. The story of my situation when I was incarcerated on the, on the, on the end of my incarceration, when I was coming down toward the final years, I was in a particular facility. And within this particular facility, you know, I'm doing a lot of positive things. I'm changing my life. I'm changing my life through the whole process. And I'm, I'm involved in a lot of programs. I'm doing a lot of things. And one of the programs I was involved in, I was I was in charge of this program, outreach program, where kids came into the prison, and we conducted one day seminars of awareness and motivation to do the right thing. Basically, it was a seminar on don't walk on my footsteps because this is where you could be. Not scared straight, uh, educate straight program. I was actually the president of the program. I ran it, organized it. Me and 10 fellow other prisoners we did our thing we changed lives we had an opportunity to see these kids one time and never saw them again no communication no nothing boom along with that program that the kid program i also ran a art program which was a aggressive aggression replacement training program which i was a facilitator for and those particular programs inside of prison they had a, a, a inmate facilitator and then they had a civilian a civilian facilitator that assisted in the program so at this time, one of the civilian facilitators happened to be a counselor that was at the facility, a female counselor, a Latino female counselor, pretty good looking woman, but she didn't play any games. If you don't know, uh, women that work inside prisons is a big no-no. You don't mess with them. You don't violate. You don't run your mouth. You don't even think or step outside the line because you will get persecuted and damn near executed if you mess with any women COs. Assault, bad talk, it's like a big no-no. Pretty much, they'll bury your ass under the prisons if you mess around. And it's serious in there. But this particular counselor, she always carried a body alarm. I mean, she stayed dressed in the way she dressed like she was in the city. But she had the respect and people in the population knew that don't even think twice about acting like you're going to run some game, say some sweet shit, or step outside your lane. I mean, lower your lower your gaze when you see her, this and that. I mean, she was Spanish, but she didn't, like, uh, uh, kick or connect with the Spanish population just because she's Spanish. She was pro-administration. She did her job, this and that. Moving along, she had to take on this uh, civilian position within this program in the facility. 
So this is how me and her got to know each other because I was the uh, inmate facilitator. Now she's a civilian facilitator overseeing the program, but I'm running the structure of the program, but she had to be there. The process of her participating in that program with me, you know, she's getting to know me. She's seeing my, you know, my mindset, my mindset of change, my uh, uh, my c- contribution to the program inside the facility. And then she also got involved in the outreach program, which was called YAP, Youth Application Program. And she really got exposed to my message that I used to give the kids within that program. You know, and she seen my age, she knew I was young. Long story short, uh, to tighten up on the story, she, she, she built a relationship with me, a respectable relationship. But the reason why the relationship became so respectable because everything that she learned or they instructed her under the administration of the Departments of Corrections kind of started to go against what she was witnessing. And what she was witnessing was that there is good people in there and they're making changes. She has such a strict mindset of, you know, we lie, it's scam, manipulation, don't trust, this and that. I mean, you got to live that way to a certain degree, but there's a lot of good people that end up in bad situations and they end up incarcerated. And she's never been exposed to the population. She's always like in the office, up front. You see her one time a month, you're out of there. She never got this and this exposure to the population, so she's involved in this anger management program and she's involved in this outreach program and now she's interactive with the MA population more and she's getting to understand people that are in there and one of the people that she's getting to understand more is me you know and she's hearing my message and she's seeing my story and she's hearing this and it brought her closer to the reality of who I was we have to continue this in the next five because the story was deep all right, what's going on? So continuing that story, you know, the Believe in Me story, like I said, counselor, she started getting involved with the aggressive replacement training program. Um, she was involved with the, the youth application program that I was running. Um, she just started witnessing the, my story. You know, obviously she probably looked my record and files up thoroughly, you know, really to get a better idea of what she was working with, who I was, my story. Kind of find out, I know she had a son, her son favored my age, just just realness. I mean, pretty much worked with each other every day for like an hour, you know, straight professional, side the classes, a whole bunch of other, you know, inmates in the class, and it's always surrounded, you know, but just the realness that I presented, I mean, the realness changed my urgency just to, you know, get home, get out, it was serious. But the catch was, this at this particular time that I was uh, incarcerated, uh, it was it was a heavy campaign against parole. Um, a lot of people at this time were getting paroled in New York, and they were catching new crimes, new cases. Uh, people were going home on weekend furloughs. Uh, they're doing a lot of like work release programs where they were letting you know inmates out at a time to participate in work release jobs on the street. You know, it was part of like a you know a program, but. While these particular inmates were out, they were catching new crimes, serious crimes. So it was just as like the governor, Governor Pataki at that time was not playing any games. He was like, put the pressure on the parole board. I mean, stop letting these people out. So if you had any kind of violent crime, you weren't even getting out on your board. I mean, it doesn't even matter how good you, your record was on the inside, how many degrees you got in college, schooling, programs. I mean, they just was hitting you with two years as soon as you went to the board for the nature of your crime. Because there was so much pressure in the atmosphere of paroles being released and 
you know, paroles didn't want to have that, you know, accountability to be that person that released somebody from prison and then catch a new crime. So it just was like totally biased out. It was crazy. Nobody was getting out. People were doing their time and just getting hit the parole, hitting the parole. Governor Pataki actually built, while I was doing my time, built three more Max A prisons to decreased overpopulation because he wasn't letting anybody out that had any mimic of a violent crime. So how this comes back to my story, while I was in this last facility, my parole was coming up. You know, I was like maybe like six months out and already been, you know, connected with uh, this particular counselor with the programs for like years. She's getting exposed to me and it, 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 it was a heavy climate of parole. And, you know, what made the move that I knew that this counselor really believed in me there was one incident where an incident in the block where uh, you know assault happened you know somebody got hit up real bad actually was one of my friends and i was actually in the area that he got assaulted in and when the you know seals arrived they looked at me just because i was a bigger guy they locked me up for investigation thinking that i was the one that did it you know no no talking that code we lived by so they pretty much had me locked in my cell under like a 72 hour investigation as they, you know, pull the block, you know, wait for snitches to drop letters in the box and all this other in-house crap. But when she found out that they had me locked in my cell in investigation, she pretty much like went up there and said, like, let him out. It ain't him. He didn't do that, you know? So you're talking about a, a civilian correctional worker that now took a position to stand by an inmate which is like a big no-no in there, but it's just like, you know, what are you doing? But she pretty much put her line and told like the sergeant lieutenant's like, nah, I know, I know Kane didn't do that. I know that he didn't assault, he's not involved with that, you know, let him out. And I remember her telling me that the sergeant said, you know, all right, it's your word that we're going to let him out of the cell, but you know. So she took a big position to put her word and vouch for me because she don't know. She's not in the blocks on the weekend. She don't know what's going on, but she felt in her heart like, you know, I'm not living that. I'm not participating in that, you know. And I remember her asking me, did you do it? I said, no, nah, I didn't do it. I had nothing to do with that situation. But they let me out. They, they let me out before the 72-hour investigation was up based on her saying that nah, he didn't do that. That was one of the main things that emphasized to me that, you know, she believed in a strong aspect of my character and what she witnessed from the program we did together and what she witnessed from the kid program together was enough for her to pretty much go against the administration and put her word and credibility in the line and say let him out he didn't he didn't do that that was one thing my next time i'm gonna finish i'm gonna tell you the bulk of the seriousness of the story <laughs> all right all right so i'm back I, I need i need to finish it up but this 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 story that i'm telling you right now this shit this shit, this shit is real and serious with me man this is like an iconic moment in my life when I was in a situation of trials and tribulations, incarcerated, I was doing time. I mean, this, but this story is going to be in my freaking book. And, and I don't even know if I relate it to you with the impact that it has, but moving along, I tell you, I'm in this max prison and it's, this is like a super max. Is it? It's, it's a prison that they, they really, we got a lot of high-profile prisoners. I mean, it's actually where the prison where Son of Sam was at. You know, I'm in there. We, you know, dudes are doing life sentence. They ain't coming home. You know what I'm saying? The margin of my timeline still put me in the line where I had to still be in a max prison. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I was there. 
Um, but people ain't going home, and it's serious. And, you know, and now that I'm close with this counselor and we're doing pros together, you know, people swear, you know, but, oh, you know, what's face, you know, gang, you know, you know, you know they, that's that counselor, you know, we know you banging her, we know you're sexy. They, they don't even realize that. It ain't even nothing like that. It's straight respect. It's straight like a platonic relationship. It's just like a relationship of seriousness. Like, I ain't got time to, like, you know, even though you're incarcerated, you know, you ain't seen no girls in there, but it wasn't even like that. It's, this relationship with this counselor was, like, just straight up, this is who I am, this is who you are, you know what I'm saying, and what I speak every day is how I'm living, and just because you're a woman, just because I'm in prison doesn't mean I'm going to be lusting off and you looking at you every day, you know, I'm already married, my wife stayed with me during the, my incarceration, so that was another thing, but, you know, the population would swear, like, I'm, the, I'm that dude that, you know, has that counselor in the bag, but they stay crazy wrong. But in reality, this counselor had a reputation because she's, she's seasoned. You know, she's been there for about 15 years. She got a lot of time. And she has a reputation for not playing any games. Like, you know, she'll set, send your ass to the box for, you know, disrespect, looking at wrong. She'll hit that body line, you're out of there. She has a reputation for being like what they would say, like uh, a traitor for the Latino population. You know, she's just a police. That, you know, even though she's a civilian counselor, but they'll label her as just as bad as being a CEO. You're a police, she ain't shit. So when she started working on the population, it actually changed her. It changed her perceptive mind of a lot of teachings that they gave her up front. You know, a lot of the, the, the correctional administration, the, you know, the propaganda or the instructions they tell them how you got to watch them. And she does have to watch because, you know, they will get you. You know, that's just the nature of the beast inside there. But being exposed to me in those programs, the realness, the change program, and then the, being with me with the kid program really affected her. And it affected her so much that... When it came down like two or three months out that I was getting ready to go parole board and given the fact the climate of the parole board was so serious that nobody was going home. And they had this thing, you go to parole, right? And then you get your answer like a day later. And when the answer comes, it, if your letter, they answer you in, in, with a letter, right? You know, you sell, you get your mail. And if the letter's fat, that means you ain't going home because there's your appeal papers in there. And if the letter's skinny, that means you made a parole board. So that's big in there. People be waiting to see how fat the letter looks, if it's skinny or fat, whether they're going home or not. So the realness behind the story is this. Three months out, Ms. Fernandez transferred out of the facility. She transferred to another facility to work. You know what I'm saying? She left. And I was like, okay, what happened with that? Like, whatever, transfer, this and that. I don't know. You know, she told me that she got a better opportunity. It was like another prison, maybe like, whatever, 50 miles away, another facility. She was able to have a higher composition. This is like three months out. She just like cold left, all right? So she still was like in a department connected to the other counselor that I started working with running the program. So, you know, she would just, you know, she sent messages like, you know, I hope the program's going well, everything's going well, blah, 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 blah. Long story short, I went to parole board. I made parole board. I made my first parole board. Made me not have the answers that only God knows that I made out the first parole board at the heated climate. After I made a parole board, she actually came back to the prison as a visitor. The key thing that she told me when she came back was she transferred out because she couldn't deal with the fact that if they hit me at the parole board, she would not want to work as a correctional counselor anymore because it goes against everything she witnessed as far as me being a changed person and worthy of getting out of that prison. And she did not want to be at that facility when I went to the parole board and have to deal with the fact if they denied me parole. So she transferred to another facility and waited for the answer. And that's the truth.
because she believed in me that much.